Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Rob Mina Show. For this week's episode, we've got a dandy for you. Uh, the grassroots can secure America's elections if they will fight is episode 91 this week. And yes, that is absolutely right. We can get the job done. We can get the job done to secure our elections if we step up, organize, and put the sweat equity in. I know what you're thinking. There's no way we little people can have impact like that if we're not in an elected office, right? Well, I'm here to tell you, you can. We're doing it in Louisiana where the news just broke that the Secretary of State has stopped the bidding process for electronic voting machines because we organized and fought to make it happen. The effort was and is being spearheaded by non-elected citizens in several different activist coalitions. And these groups and coalitions did not exist before a few months ago when we decided to push back against electronic voting machines. Of course, we still have a long way to go to secure Louisiana's election integrity, but stopping a renewal of the contract for these machines, and yes, in this case, Louisiana has been using Dominion voting machines for several years, but the state needed to update them. Unfortunately for the Secretary of State, he initiated the new process for bids in January of 2021 amidst the height of knowledge about the vulnerabilities of electronic voting systems being debated across the country in the aftermath of the questionable 2020 presidential election. Louisiana citizen activists were ready, and we will talk about their efforts today. We'll also discuss how the media and the secretary are portraying us as a bunch of people, quote, deeply rooted in conspiracy theories, unquote. So we will be discussing the best way to combat that and demand the respect for concerned citizens by public officials and the media that we are entitled to. After all, we're the public officials' bosses, and it's high time we put them in their place. Joining me as my guest today is the host of Politics with a Punch on WGSO 990 AM in New Orleans and America's Voice News TV Network, a leader of these citizen activists, and my friend, Jeff Carrer. Jeff, welcome back to the Rob Mana Show, my friend. Always an honor, uh, Colonel. Always an honor. Yeah, it's good to see you, brother. Uh, and I have to do a disclaimer when I have you on as my guest because uh, Jeff gave me my first opportunity to ever host a radio show or do anything like this on what I'm attempting to transform into now, which is a, a, a competent, qualified uh, and somewhat objective uh, talk show host on a live stream and podcast. So, Jeff, uh, once again, I appreciate you giving me that those opportunities. And uh, oh, you had some long way. You had some memorable shows, uh, Colonel. Some memorable shows. Yep, I, we did, and they're still out there. I keep them online uh, on my YouTube channel, and I think they're still on WGSO's website. Uh, you go look <laughs> for it, and you can hear some doozies and. I stand by every single word I said, my friend. Every single word. <laughs> right. So, so tell the audience about this great effort that's going on in Louisiana to stop this electronic voting machine issue. You know, I think I counted uh, one new coalition 
and uh, and one and three or four different grassroots groups, uh, several of them which just sprung up over the last uh, couple of months, right? Yeah, Colonel, uh, it's been really a wild ride over the past few months, uh, really trying to alert the public as to what's going on. People didn't know uh, that we had this uh, massive contract. We, I think we had the largest contract in the country, $100 million for new voting machines. So in the process of getting people informed, uh, all these new groups, we've got 13 groups now that have uh, come together for the Louisiana uh, Values Coalition. And uh, it's been uh, fantastic. Uh, and this has sort of been our first uh, real cause, and that is voting integrity, honest voting machines. We're not here to claim that uh, Dominion is uh, a bad vendor. We're not here to claim that um, the state shouldn't choose Dominion. Uh, we just said that this was being rushed, that we need to have uh, full transparency, and that we need to have uh, you know, vigorous bidding from multiple different uh, sources. And uh, I think by delaying this, we're going to get a better result, Colonel. I think you are. Uh, you know, the, the news that was, is being reported in the last few days or so about the stopping of the bid process also talks about two other companies that had raised objections to the process and withdrawn because uh, they saw it as biased and, and not really going to uh, give them an opportunity to fairly compete with the third company, which as you just mentioned is Dominion, which right. Louisiana has used uh, for I think around 20 years or so. And, uh, but you know, Jeff, when I first heard about the issues uh, in, the, in the election, wasn't in the election or during the election or even on election day, I had a guest on that was a former cyber operations uh, colonel and a former uh, appointee in the Department of Defense cyber policy shop uh, and the National Security Agency expert uh, that uh, had analyzed these electronic voting data systems. And we had him on twice before November 3rd, and he was calling it out. You know, he started the, the Virginia and the National Voter Integrity Task Force. Right. Uh, or Election Integrity Task Force because... Uh, and his name is Colonel, retired Colonel John Mills, U.S. Army. Uh, but he was talking about how these systems use data capture that is stored overseas and there's no security on it. Uh, and, and those are just facts, you know? I mean, we're not talking about, you know, votes being switched and those kind of things. I mean, you'd have to show me the actual facts and, right. and the coding that allows that, but we're talking about vulnerabilities. And if our election system data uh, which is your vote and mine is being stored overseas out of the control of the United States of America or out of the control of the state uh, where you live and vote, which has, which is supposed to have control over it, uh, then that's a vulnerability and that's a problem. Uh, and then the other issue is I had a second expert come in uh, after November 3rd and actually do a study of the uh, the election systems that we know about, I think there's three or four, including Dominion and their software. Now, this is an expert on software that's a computer programmer that does uh, flight software for aircraft and for even Mars uh, rovers uh, for NASA. This He is that level of an expert of programming, and he did a vulnerability study based on all of the uh, documentation that's out there, including pulling Texas's documentation in where they rejected the Dominion voting machines because of vulnerabilities. 
And he highlighted seven different vulnerabilities in each one of these systems from a programming perspective. And that's a problem for me. That is a problem for me. You know, these systems, if we're going to use electronic systems, they have to be locked up tighter uh, than a tick, as my grandpa used to say, uh, so that nobody, nobody but the voters vote can be input into the system and nothing else and nobody can manipulate it, put more in or take anything out uh, except for to do the counting. Uh, so well, that's a problem for me. Yeah, there, there are all kinds of problems, Colonel. Uh, with Dominion, uh, you've got questions about one of their executives uh, who uh, went on to some various social media sites and he's accused of uh, saying some unflattering things about President Trump and uh, if that is true, and I don't think it's been disproven, then uh, that's a problem if you've got a biased executive uh, with one of these companies that is running uh, all these voting systems across the country. Uh, I brought that up in an interview I did with the uh, uh, Secretary of State in a conversation I had with the former Secretary of State. Uh, and, and he said that would need to be investigated, any kind of uh, um, RFP that, uh, that they do. They're going to make sure he says that uh, there's no connection to the internet, no foreign involvement, that there'll be paper receipts. I mean, some good, I think, security measures that he's talking about. Uh, but we can't just have one bidder. <laughs> we, we've got to have multiple bids for something that's important uh, when you got $100 million on the line. I have noticed that Dominion's been plunking some money uh, all over uh, conservative media, some websites, some radio shows. Of course, they missed mine, uh, Colonel. I, I didn't get uh, any of their largesse, but they're trying to obviously convince people here in Louisiana that they're the you know preferred bidder. And obviously, they've had the contract with Louisiana for a while. I think our state office is comfortable with them. But I raised two questions with the Secretary of State. Uh, one, why did the judge in uh, Georgia, Amy Totenberg, uh, in her ruling highlight various concerns with Dominion? And two, why did Texas uh, make their decision uh, not to use Dominion machines? And that needs to be investigated by uh, the Secretary of State's office. It does. Uh, and, you know, the report that I had done by my experts, uh, I gave a copy of that to uh, to one of the uh, grassroots organizations organizers, Joe Liss, I think founded the lagrassroots.org as part of the coalition. Now, uh, and he's an old supporter of mine and a friend of mine, uh, and, uh, you know, so, so we've got to make sure that we take this stuff out of the conspiracy theory, you know, thing, uh, uh, we'll get to what the secretary of state said about us uh, here in a minute in the article from the advocate uh, that I have sitting here in front of me, but. And, and get this into the, what's the reality? Look, I, I have a lot of experience in cyber operations, computer programming, uh, uh, and web security, uh, and net security, and those kinds of things. And if I say there are vulnerabilities, and I have two experts uh, in two different areas, programming uh, and then uh, internet vulnerabilities, uh, show you the facts, and the facts are there's a problem there. Uh, and then you overlay that with this bias uh, uh, from this guy, like the guy you talked about. I mean, he, I've seen some of his stuff. I mean, he just absolutely was 
uh, I think he even said, hey, we're not going to let this happen kind of thing. Uh, I'm not quoting him. I'm just saying that's what he implied uh, when it came to reelecting Donald J. Trump. And that's just not how we're supposed to do things here in the United States of America. Uh, No. And the other other issue is, uh, is the state of Louisiana or whatever state you're in, it's that legislature's responsibility, duty, and exclusive power to set the rules for elections. And quite honestly, Jeff, until they could satisfy the problems and overcome them, I think we should go to a paper ballot, back to a paper ballot system. We certainly can't allow any universal mail-in balloting stuff to go on because we've seen that the signature matching in the presidential election was was not done to any of the degrees that had been done right. in previous elections around the country. Uh, and that is a problem. Uh, so if we go back to paper ballots, I call it the pur- the paper and purple finger uh, right. policy at this point. Then you know one person uh, counted, uh, cast a vote, and you know by the purple finger that they did cast a vote, and it was that individual and until they can satisfy the issues with these digital systems, uh, and I'm thinking it's probably going to be some kind of blockchain system uh, using blockchain technology uh, like what Bitcoin uses, uh, then there's just we just can't do it anymore. The I think uh, step up really. I think there's a lot of uh, support for paper ballots uh, to go back to an old. Uh, reliable system and and uh, maybe do that for a while until we can get to the next level of technology. Uh, I know that uh, the secretary talked about paper receipts, whereby you know you would vote into a computerized screen, uh, then they would spit out a receipt. You would check it, verify that it was uh, the right uh, vote, turn it in to the uh, officials there. They would have that kind of a paper backup in case there was any kind of a challenge. Uh, that's a step forward. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, uh, the concerns are multifaceted. And, you know, you, you brought up about what this gentleman said, this Dominion executive. Uh, also, I, I'd like more people to examine what Judge Totenberg said in, in Georgia. The only reason she didn't rule against Dominion there is because she ran out of time because the election was uh, upon them and it was too late. So this is something we need to do now, Colonel, before, well before 2022, so that all this is settled uh, before the next election. And I'm worried the Democrats, they're trying to move forward to to make it even more fraudulent, uh, more uh, uh, voting by mail, more of these problems that we had in the last election. They just want to exacerbate the uh, the problem. And I, I, I think they feel that it just helps them more. Well, I don't know if our viewers are aware of it or not, but the U.S. House passed H.R. 1, uh, which is going to try to federalize and make legal all of these issues uh, like ballot harvesting and universal mail-in ballots and not being able to clean your voter rolls, all of those things legal at the federal level. But there's a constitutional issue with that. Uh, Obviously, that'll be challenged in the courts because... Uh, if it does pass the Senate. I doubt if it will, but you never know these days. Uh, the Democrats have complete power in the federal government, and I think they're going to do everything they can do to pass as much progressive and leftist legislation as they can in the short amount of time they have until 2022, don't you? 
Colonel, our, our freedoms are uh, hanging by a thread uh, by a guy named Joe Manchin. <laughs> and <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as this guy caves, and you know he's going to cave, yeah. they're going to uh, end the filibuster. Uh, then you're going to have all these things. Uh, they're going to be able to pass on a, a 50 plus one uh, vote. And same thing that happened with the, the COVID bill is going to happen with H.R. 1 and the Equality Act and, and all the other radical pieces of legislation they're proposing. Yeah, the cave is coming. He's already talked about in the last 24 hours, uh, well, maybe we can make it more painful, the filibuster, where, you know, a senator has to stand there uh, and do that. Because I don't know if most people know this, but, uh, but you don't have to stand uh, in the well of the Senate and talk for whatever many hours until you drop in order to filibuster it these days. So uh, that wouldn't surprise me if he went down that road uh, or if him and, and uh, our buddy uh, that's a U.S. senator from Louisiana now, Bill Cassidy, swap parties and Bill becomes the guy that votes to do away with the filibuster. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. And uh, look, I know, I know uh, folks don't like, you know, people to call out folks like, you know, like your sitting senator, but dead gummit, Jeff, uh, when the guy flipped on us and went and voted to convict, convict and just shredded, actually abused the Constitution of the United States in the impeachment, uh, I mean, we have to expect anything and everything, don't we? Colonel, uh, I don't know if there's ever been a time I've been more disappointed in a politician than Bill Cassidy, because on my radio program and all the other radio shows across the state for weeks and weeks and weeks, he was running ads talking about his strong support for Donald Trump. And it was all about the Trump endorsement, his support for Trump. There was a close relationship. And then he gets reelected and he forgets all of that, turns on Donald Trump, turns on the voters, does a 180, and uh, now is uh, voting with, with Democrats to convict uh, President Trump on ridiculous, ridiculous charges. And people are furious with him. Uh, and I think with good reason, Colonel. They are. I don't want to get sidetracked on that issue because this this uh, voting machine issue is extremely important. And I agree with you. I think we should go to a paper ballot system until we can figure out exactly how to effectively provide the same security uh, through some type of electronic voting system. What are the other issues besides the electronic voting systems that are your group looking at uh, paper ballots? Uh, uh, a, uh, you mentioned a paper trail of some sort, uh, regardless of what system. Uh, how are y'all approaching that? Well, we have uh, we feel like we've achieved step one, Colonel, and that is putting a hold on this uh, while it seemed like they were fast tracking it. So uh, we're hoping to continue to uh, reach out to the Secretary of State and legislators about our concern about all of these electronic voting machines and to make sure that we've got a system that we feel comfortable in uh, here in Louisiana. We don't feel comfortable uh, after the November 20 uh, election. And what I find sort of irritating is that when you bring up these concerns, uh, when you bring up concerns about Dominion, just saying, hey, we want things investigated. Uh, we want to look into these things. We get uh, charged by the mainstream media. The liberal media is talking about baseless conspiracy theories. And they just like that advocate article. I mean, it, 
it tagged people that raised concerns about it, uh, you know, baseless, rumor mongering. I mean, that they were peddling in uh, false information. And uh, yeah, I, I, I reject uh, that. Quote some from that article. Uh, here's the Secretary of State, and I quote, I think, unfortunately, those folks who are rooted deep in conspiracy theories may not accept that we provide to, what we provide to them in terms of transparency, unquote. Trying to really minimize uh, and, and cast shade on the citizens, the concerned citizens that have organized and are raising the issue uh, in good faith, right? Well, we're just a bunch of uh, you know conspiracy nuts, uh, basically, and and the the author of the article pretty much uh, agreed and uh, painted it all as being you know just sour grapes about Donald Trump losing, and you know there was nothing to any of this. And yeah, again, I, I point to Texas, the uh, the judge's ruling, uh, the affidavits, the witnesses that came forward, including some uh, Dominion uh, employees. The, the witnesses, the, the hearings that took place. Uh, I'm not saying what's true and what's not true. I, I just think that there's a, a lot there that needs to be looked into seriously. And I just, uh, I don't like the fact that uh, all of us who want to raise questions about this are, are labeled some kind of conspiracy nut. Um, that's yeah, not the yeah, case. The whole, article, the whole article started out with part of the headline says, uh, voting machines bid fell apart amid baseless fraud allegations. And uh, included here's another quote from the author including current concerns with no basis in reality now these are unsourced uh, uh pieces of writing from the headline and the right. article itself by the author who is supposed to be doing reporting not opinion uh as far as i can tell i, I don't think it's uh marked as an opinion piece uh it's marked as a staff writer uh so you know, you can have all the opinions you want and you can cast shade on the citizens of Louisiana or anywhere else in the country. And you can use these Democrat talking points because that's what those are. They're the leftist media and Democrat talking points that there was no problem in the election, even though uh, with Dominion. Uh, look, people like Elizabeth Warren were saying Dominion machines in Georgia were a problem in 2018. This is not right. even a partisan issue. Even though uh, I don't know if you're still a Republican, but I just rejoined the Republican Party uh, because I've been inspired by this young man over in CD2 in Louisiana, Congressional District 2, named Classen Bernard. I'll uh, give him a little shout out there. Uh, but, but this is nonpartisan. This is, right. has nothing to do with partisanship. This has everything to do with confidence in our voting system and election system, doesn't it, Jeff? And, and who has the say... In the Constitution is the state legislature, and why do you think that is? Well, because we elect them; <laughs> they're 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 our representatives, and uh, they have important duties that, that we entrust them to do, and uh, they need to have oversight over all this spending. They're our lawmakers, and uh, we shouldn't have bureaucrats running amok. Uh, we shouldn't have people uh, setting the stage for any one vendor or another. So. What we've done, Colonel, is we have uh, made sure that all of our legislators that are on this oversight committee, I think there are 33 Republicans, are well aware of what we're doing, our monitoring of this, our concern about it. And uh, this is not total victory because this is just one step here. Uh, the Secretary of State is going to revisit it. Uh, we're going to be uh, continually staying on this. I think there's a lot of legislative support for our, our concerns. 
Now, the author of the article might not like it, and uh, the Secretary of State might not like it, but it's, it's, I think it's where a lot of the people in Louisiana are right now. I mean, we're not over the last election, Colonel. We're not over it. Uh, because we saw a lot of things in that uh, election that didn't uh, look right to us. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people think if you look at the comments uh, from our viewers, you know, uh, a lot of folks think that this election has problems all the way from it was stolen to there's a lot of irregularities and those kind of things. And, and you know what? It bears investigating. It bears investigating. Uh, it's very unfortunate that things have happened that drove us and the Congress off of investigating this before the inauguration, quite frankly, uh, because we are stuck with a, with a regime now that is just incredibly America last uh, and not America first. And, and, and it's just, it's pitiful. Uh, and uh, the, the very highest priority that we've got to have, Jeff, is what you guys are working on. That's what I wanted to get you uh, well, I wanted to bring y'all on and well, highlight this group because nobody, you know, folks in other states are passing, they're passing uh, legislation to try to tighten up the rules and everything, but nobody's focusing on securing the vote, securing the ballots. It has, it has some to do with the electronic voting systems. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's put those aside until we can figure it out. But there's a whole lot of other things that have to be done uh, uh, to ensure that when I cast a vote, it's counted the way I cast it, and it's secure after I cast it. So if somebody needs to go back and look at it uh, to confirm, it should be an easy thing to do, right? Exactly right. And, um, you know, I, I really appreciate you uh, spending time on this because there's nothing more important. Uh, we took the lead here in Louisiana, I think, first among all the states because we had this big contract looming. Uh, this was the result of a multi-week effort, uh, Colonel. We started this uh, right after the election when we found out about it, put a website together, started putting coalitions together, started uh, contacting the Secretary of State uh, in a very uh, sustained manner, building, getting legislators involved, in, and then Sharon Hewitt, you know, with her role as a state senator and uh, in, in her role, uh, I think, in, in oversight, uh, when she wrote her letter with expressing concerns, I think uh, at that point, the secretary pretty much had to put it on hold. And I think, uh, frankly, the senator was influenced by our efforts. So uh, I really do think uh, this this coalition made a big, big impact here on this. And uh, I'm not saying anything's wrong with the secretary of state. I, I like him as a person. I, I just think uh, we need to go about this in, in a very slow, methodical way so that all of us can feel comfortable. There's competition. And then we've got uh, security safeguards uh, in place uh, because we do not ever want to have another election like November 2020. If we do, I mean, we are on a very fast, slippery ramp, not a slope, but a steep ramp uh, down to uh, really uh, an existential threat to the United States of America. I mean, it may not be an ex existential threat to you personally right away. Uh, but if the country goes, as so goes the election, so goes the country. And if people don't have confidence in these uh, in their vote, then you don't really have a country. Uh, and all of these other things that we do uh, really are beside the point if we don't get our elections secure and have integrity with them. Uh, and uh, Sharon Hewitt's a state senator in Louisiana. Uh, she is uh, 
been working with the coalition to get this in front of the committee. And I just want to read you. I want to read you something that that's jumped out at me in the article. I can't be totally critical of this advocate article because there are some good quotes in here. Listen to this quote. Quote, now it's up to the legislature to determine the future of the election system in Louisiana and what we can afford and where we're going to head. And I'll be glad to participate in that discussion. Close quote. That's the Secretary of State after being forced uh, by concerned citizens to back off his electronic voting machine renewal, fast track renewal, so that the legislature uh, uh, is allowed to do its job that it has the sole power to do. Uh, What does that tell you, that quote, about how people, and I like Mr. Ardwin too, the Secretary of State of Louisiana is Kyle Ardwin. I think he's, I consider him a friend of mine, but I put my face and name on the first mail out that went out under the Louisiana Values Coalition, and I don't put my name behind conspiracy theories and misinformation, Mr. Ardwin. Uh, and what you said is absolutely correct, but why did you have to be forced to do that? Why didn't you gladly hand it to the legislature to fix this is what my question would be if I had him in front of me. Here's my thought about it, uh, Colonel. Uh, they have used Dominion for years. The office is comfortable with Dominion. All of the machines that we have now are Dominion. So I think it was sort of a natural progression. We're going to renew. We're going to get new machines. Dominion should be the leading uh, contender in this uh, bid process. But all of that needs to be reexamined, put on hold after the last election. We need to be looking at what Texas did. We need to be looking at this judge's ruling. We need to be looking at all the hearings and evidence from the last election and determine whether that is the best course of action. It may be. It may be the right thing to do, but you don't rush it. You don't try to uh, power right. through it without a lot of citizen input, legislative input, and, and, and competitive bidding. We, we've got to have competitive bidding. There are five uh, companies that, that uh, can make electronic voting machines, Colonel, and uh, I would hope all five of them would be participating in this. And you know, if we can't find something that we're comfortable with, I agree with you. Let's go back to paper ballots. Um, you know, uh, we used to have old mechanical type uh, machines. Uh, I don't know if there's any uh, companies that, that, that make those anymore, but certainly we can uh, print some paper ballots. Uh, that can be done. Well, absolutely, and we can have you know, you know, we can have we can have paper ballots and still be able to do it quickly. I mean, we've we've been able to do this for for centuries now. Uh, it's amazing what some of the people under the age of thirty will say. You mean do one election in one day when the president said we have to have one election day, not not two months or three months? <laughs> it's amazing, but but you know, on the voting machines, the electronic ones. Look, if it. Uh, uh, if it sends data outside of the United States uh, or to any data storage area that's not secured by the entity that's responsible for securing vote data, just like it would be if it was boxes of paper ballots, which means, where is that? That's at the, that's at the local uh, parish, county level, and other states, uh, and under the state legislature's rules. Uh, so if it does that, I'm not going to go for it because that's what all the voting machines in this country that have been used recently do. That's a fact. Uh, if it takes a USB stick, let me tell you what, on USB sticks, uh, I'm going to go a little geek on you here. 
the, there's installation software for the USB stick. When it goes into a computer, it runs little programs and everything, and they and, and malware and Trojan horse uh, viruses, all of those kinds of things have been put into that software that transfers from a USB stick to a machine. Uh, so if it has a USB stick you can plug into it, then I don't want that as an electronic voting machine. Right. That, that implements outside uh, software ability that is unseen uh, by the human beings that are responsible for securing these ballots. Uh, and that is not going to work for me. And all of the current machines have some way of doing that. As a matter of fact, I think uh, uh, one of the gentlemen uh, in the Georgia uh, Senate committee hearing actually showed them that he was seeing machines during the uh, the Senate runoff elections over there where the Republicans lost, that the machines were actually talking via the Internet as the committee hearing was going on. So that's just a fact. That's not a conspiracy theory, and that's not misinformation. And I, and I guess I want to wind up on this, on this topic, Jeff. Um, I mean, people are really frustrated. They're upset. Uh, and, and those folks that have common sense, uh, I go back to, you know, my grandfather was a farmer. Uh, my father-in-law is a farmer. If they look at this situation in 22 and they go, or in 2020 and they go, man, those numbers just don't seem right as far as the number of votes and how they came in and the stopping counting and all that. It doesn't, if it doesn't make common sense to the average American, then it probably had a problem. And I, I believe that there were too many irregularities to really satisfy uh, myself as somebody who served the U.S. government for all of my life almost uh, to the level of that we had a clean, fair, and free election uh, that, that didn't have well, large amounts of voter fraud and, and, and election mm -hmm. fraud, not necessarily voter fraud, but election fraud. Uh, involved in it because the numbers just don't make any sense and they don't make sense to the people that have the common sense in this right. country. And these people, these, these elites uh, and public officials like the secretary of state, I think the secretary of state should publicly apologize to the concerned citizens that have stopped this because that tells you that he believes he's right, regardless of what you say. And then right. he, he, put the, he put the misinformation on us and we've got to fight it. And that's one of the reasons why I'm still going to do this show and keep doing it and keep putting my voice out there Good. and get voices out there like yours and, and the team you're working on. Uh, but but what do you what do you say? What's your advice to, uh, you know, Joe, average citizen right. Joe six -pack and, and Jill six pack? Yeah. I mean, look, we're all I'm educated. You're educated. Right. People are educated through the school of growing up and hard knocks, they used to call it. You know, uh, my father-in-law, uh, you know, he's educated through years and decades of farming and is one of the best farmers in Indiana before he retired. Uh, and he didn't go to college, you know, but he knows. He knows. He looked me in the eye and he said, Rob, something's not right. What well, my advice, uh, Colonel, is simple. Uh, I don't want people to get discouraged to get uh, disgruntled, to uh, opt out of participating. Uh, and I know there's a lot of anger and distrust out there. I want them to do what we did here in Louisiana and get involved at the local level, at the state level, and you can make a difference. I mean, it, it can really work because these legislators, these statewide elected officials aren't used to being contacted by lots of citizens. And if we organize, 
we can make an impact at the state and local level, which will then allow us to have better elections at the, at the federal level. I mean, all these problems that happened in these uh, swing states wouldn't have happened if we would have had better local officials in these various states doing a better job of the elections. And I think we can make a big impact between now and 2022. Uh, we can't just wait around and say, okay, well, we're going to let everybody know in 2022 that we hate the Democrats. No, I mean, we've got to make sure that it's not the same kind of election. Colonel, we got to get rid of this uh, several week voting system where people are accepting ballots days and weeks after the election. We got to go back to traditional voting in person with an ID. Uh, all of this vote by mail has got to be uh, limited to strict, uh, strict uh, criteria. And of course, we got to very much investigate uh, all the voting machines and make sure uh, we don't have problems like we did in 20 uh, in November 20. So we got a lot of work to do. And I would just encourage people uh, not to lose hope, but just get involved and they can really make a difference in their local communities and in their states. And, and we showed it, Colonel, here, here in Louisiana. And that's the whole point behind this particular episode, Jeff, is get involved, folks. Uh, there's lots of different efforts out there, uh, but this, this is a textbook example here in Louisiana. Check it out. Uh, folks that are involved in this effort had called me during the months after the election and said, Rob, what can we do? And I gave them my best advice, and uh, Jeff's been out there giving his advice, and we're encouraging for America first people to run for office and, uh, and and take positions in the Republican Party and make it the America first party, not the party of the rhinos and the Chamber of Commerce, but the America first party. And that's what we need to do. Uh, and it's all all of that is within our power. Uh, you know, and I want to highlight Catherine Johnson's comment. Uh, thanks for watching. Uh, but she says we must have transparency before we can ever vote again. We must make sure that the dim libs uh, or anybody else cannot cheat ever again. All must show IDs. No Dominion or other electronic voting machines. Elderly not pr pressured, uh, you know, if they're, they're in nursing homes to, to vote one way. No dead people voting. No illegals voting and be able to confirm those, have a paper trail and those kinds of things. Uh, and it's entirely, entirely in our hands. And I think that's the biggest uh, message from this episode and from the team, Jeff, is that it's entirely in our hands. Let me, let me go over the websites for the coalition. Louisiana Values Coalition is the umbrella group, right, Jeff? And that's uh, yes. lavalues.org. LA Correct. Uh, uh, Mike Weinberger of the Home Defense Foundation was part of this effort. He recruited me to put my face and name on the postcard that went out to Republicans to tell them to call Kyle Hardman, uh, the Secretary of State, uh, uh, and ask him to help us about the Dominion voting machines, hdf.org. Uh, Joe List founded the lagrassroots.org organization. Uh, he's one of the folks that asked me what he could do. Well, this is what he can do, and he's doing it. He's do I'm on their on their their uh, chat uh, in Signal, and it's amazing how fired up he's got people and how effective he is at leading this. And then Mike Buris at the NorthShoreVoters.org is part of this coalition. And look, I'm going to say it one more time. If I believe that my concerns were based on conspiracy theories, Secretary Ardwin and any other politician out there in the United States. 
then I wouldn't put my name, my rank, and my my face on a postcard to be sent to you and sent to your voters to tell them to call you and stop this bid process so we can make sure we get it right. It's not about conspiracy theories and misinformation. It's about there are le legitimate concerns and vulnerabilities here that are documented uh, in the judiciary. They're documented in the executive branches, like over in Texas, as Jeff mentioned. And we have just got to make sure that we as citizens secure our elections. Jeff, I'll give you the last word and uh, please put contact. Well, let me just say this, Colonel, thank you for having me. Uh, there's nothing more important that we can do uh, than to work on our elections between now and November 22. Uh, I would encourage people to, to check me out, uh, the different activities I'm involved in. I'd love to have uh, folks come on board. It's my website's my last name, crewair.net, and that's C-R-O-U-E-R-E.net. And have information, Colonel, up there about some projects I'm involved in. And nothing's more important than uh, keeping our republic and, and getting people involved. And I am more concerned now, Colonel, than I ever was during the Barack Obama years or uh, during Bill Clinton years. This is very, very disturbing what is going on. And uh, we've got to mobilize. We've got to get people involved. We've got to stop this rush toward uh, socialism and communism and save our republic. And it's gonna take a lot of good people working hard, but uh, you're out there and you're doing a great job and I'm trying and, and I think we're getting some, I think we're getting some traction from. Yeah, I think I'm very thankful that folks like you and Mike Weinberger and Joe Liss and uh, Mike Burris and those guys are around and, and out there and Sharon Hewitt, she listened to you, uh, you know, uh, it, uh, you gotta give her credit for that. Uh, that there are some public officials that are elected uh, and, and bureaucrats that will actually listen to their bosses. And that's who we are. We're their dang bosses. Uh, and Jeff, thank you very much for joining me again. I appreciate it. Uh, I always feel like I got to perform uh, above and beyond because you're one of my mentors <laughs> in this business. Uh, and I hope I did you justice. Uh, yes. And, uh, your support of me justice today. And I look forward to having you on uh, once again. Here thank, you. thank you. Thank you, Colonel. Well, folks, uh, I really appreciate Jeff coming on, but the message is clear. You can do it, but you must take action. You hear it every day from Steve Bannon's War Room, uh, from the Louisiana Va LA Values Coalition here. Uh, you must and you can take action. This issue of securing our elections in every state is the most critical one uh, that we can tackle and you are in the driver's seat. You must organize, uh, call these folks uh, in these different organizations. I put the websites out there. Uh, you can DM me on any of my platforms and I'll give them to you again if you want, uh, but uh, you can do it. We must do it and we must do it quickly because 2022 is coming up and what's going on right now is from what Jeff said and mentioned and what I've mentioned over and over, uh, is, is very concerning on what's happening in the country. Uh, and it appears that the seams are getting really weak and we've got to shore all of these things up starting with these elections. Thank you very much for watching today and uh, please uh, watch this message from our sponsor. I'm retired Colonel Rob Manis. Your kids and grandkids are being taught to hate America in public schools using flawed ideas like the 1619 Project. 
You can provide an antidote to this disease of hate for All America stands for. It's Dennis Hawes, The Road to Americanism. You can make sure our young people learn to love America and become the citizens we need to protect her future. Order The Road to Americanism on Amazon.com right now.